Weird. That's weird. <laughs> Flashback. Hi, I'm Aaron Lindsay. Hi, everybody. Yeah, they can't see that to appreciate the joke. We're recording anyway, here. Uh, I said we're recording here. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to do a podcast. Would you quit goofing off showing so pictures we, to each we other? Gotta, it's, it's another episode of the uh, coronavirus edition. Yeah, it's the of, corona edition. We may corona do this. surprise. We may do this. Uh, Zoom recording from now on, though, because it's just too easy. And I don't have to be near you. And that's it. That's that's it. I don't have to be near you. That's thank you for reminding me. That's even better. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I this this is all bets are off episode because I just woke up out of a nap after having a headache all day long, and I'm surprised I'm even forming words at this point. Well, well I'm surprised normally that I form yeah words. I know that's 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 impressive. Uh, we moved our son James to Chattanooga. Um, Chattanooga over the weekend, and I took like I heard. Uh, yesterday. I slept to like a a big nap, like you know, five hours. That's then, a great story. And then I got up, and then I went back to bed about midnight. And slept another seven. I was exhausted. So you so. went. You so you went there, moved him in, and then moved, then came back. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was hmm. it was exhausting. I don't recommend Stop moving. It your son to Chattanooga. It's just not. Fun. Well, at least it's only about an hour and a half away. It's not that bad. About two and a half, about two and a half where we went. It is not two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. His place. Chattanooga is absolutely. Well, then he's not in Chattanooga. He's in Chattanooga. No, he's Georgia. in Chattanooga. You weirdo. No, I made that up. There's no Chattanooga, Georgia, but it's not two and a half hours from here to Chattanooga. <laughs> yeah. Just about right. At. It is. If you drive, if you drive like a grandpa, maybe. No, that's what it took us. I was oh, driving a big I'm old gonna- truck. I'm going to look right now. On okay, you do it. You do device. it. Chattanooga and tell us how long from where you are because we're in the, about the same spot. Yep, yep. And show it to the screen because, hey, I want to see it. Chattanooga. Anyway, keep doing that. I'm going to, I'm going to say because we've got some really weird stories tonight. Uh, Billy McFarland's back in the news. Um, we got Zoom meeting news, which we're doing right now. KFC news. Uh, we got people walking their turtles. Um, we got, oh, I'm not even going to say this one. This, this one's, this, there's a story on tonight's episode that Craig and I had to discuss whether or not to put it on. And, uh, we went ahead, but we'll give you a warning. Um, it claims from my location that it's two and a half hours. I've never in my life ever spent two and a half hours going to. Yeah. So, what did I just tell never. you? What did I tell you? Show the it screen. Tra- it's, it's either traffic or road conditions. No, there's, there, there's neither. It's Corona time, man. Nobody's here. Nobody's on the roads. Uh, I don't know. I'm dubious to these claims. I, this just not, it's never taken that long to get to Chattanooga. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It took me about and that I long yesterday. There, and I just drove through there the, uh, uh, almost a year ago and it did not take me that long. Well, you are, so you're saying that the, the roads have did stretched. They move it, they, did they move it further? They moved yeah. it further out. The roads have stretched <laughs> since you oh were gosh. last there. Corona just got me. Did you hear that? I heard that. I'm worried about you. Uh, how's your How's your Gosh. week been? Um, it's it's been all right. You know, getting work done. What's that? 
Are you getting work done? What's, what's that? How's the family? Everybody healthy? If you see him, would you let me know? No. I'm held up here. Nobody's here. I'm no, actually, that's not true. G's upstairs. E's at work. Uh, Lori. E's, E's, E's at Wally World. G's upstairs. The other two are doing their own thing. I don't know. Lori is uh, directly in the kitchen, directly in front of me now in the living room. Does she just trying to make you uncomfortable? Uh, yeah, I think so. Any, I mean, more so than usual. Either that, or uh, actually, she's fixing supper. Fixing. F i x i n apostrophe. That's right. Darn it. <laughs> Took me a minute to get that to that board. You see. That was actually faster than normal. You actually did better than usual. Okay, are you ready? You ready to get the show started? You I ready? guess. You ready to kick it off? We chatted a little bit. Here we go. Story. Fire Festival, that's F-Y-R-E, Fire Festival founder Billy McFarland asked for early prison release. Now, you remember we covered this. Why is this weird? Because he's asking for early prison release. People ask for that all the time, I'm sure. He ripped off thousands of famous people. and uh, so, so have we. <laughs> have we how <laughs> i don't rip them I, off every day i haven't seen any of that at all have you listened have you listened to our podcast <laughs> of course i'm listening right now what oh boy uh um, billy mick okay I'm, you want me to tell you now okay you kind of rehash the uh the fire festival debacle okay you you, you give the you give the recap. okay so this guy you know, you know about it more about it than i do this guy sets up this festival this fire festival with all these famous bands and uh luxury items on this on the sandy beaches like luxury rooms um cottages things like that none of it existed everybody bought tickets and he used like famous people to sell it um he let them in for free for like influencers big big time influencers Uh, were were pushing this thing on social media so of course thousands upon thousands of people bought tickets flew down to this island where he was having this thing and all they found were some tents and blow up mattresses. Not even any food, <laughs> no bathroom. I've still, I've still got to watch this documentary. The documentary is is really worth worth the time. It's a good one. But anyway, he's he got arrested, of course, thrown in jail. Now, to bring us to today, he is asking for early prison release. Well, Billy McFarland, the creator of the failed 2017 Fire Festival, on Tuesday requested to be released early from prison and serve the remainder of his six year sentence under home confinement. Hey, that's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, like everybody is. Yeah, right? he just come Mc- home. McFarland cited the coronavirus spread in the Ohio prison where he is currently being held as the reason he should be released, according to court documents obtained by CBS News. McFarland's request for compassionate release was made in a letter sent from his attorneys to Judge Naomi Reese Buckwald of the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York. The lawyers argue in the letter that McFarland's pre-existing conditions make him particularly vulnerable to catching and suffering from severe uh, or fatal consequences of the virus. McFarland told his lawyers that he was diagnosed with asthma as a teenager. I had uh, poison ivy once when I was a teenager. I broke my toe. Broke my toe. I need to get out of here. They don't mention the name of his attorneys. He he has some of the best attorneys money can buy. He's got the whole firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. Um, right there at his side. <laughs> Did you work all day on that one? No, no, that's a classic. That's a classic. <laughs> well, this one's eating my popcorn. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> the lawyers, I, we just let that sit there. We don't have to say anything. That's that's the great thing about our podcast. If I could walk that way, I wouldn't need a doctor. <laughs> well, 
Um, <laughs> he has been informed he's on the extreme scale of the allergy spectrum. So am I. For issue, I've got some poison ivy or something on my I'm arm. I'm telling right you, now. man. Look at, I, look, look at my arm. Look at that. I'm on severe. Yeah, look at that. I'm on the severe. And I've got some of the same stuff going on right here. Yeah, well, you're just but you don't see me asking for early prison release. Well, you're not in prison, dummy. Oh, well, I'm still not asking for it. Anyway, uh, he's on the extreme scale of the allergy spectrum for issues related to breathing and his cardiovascular system, according to the letter. The attorneys also said he has experienced heart issues since he was in his early 20s. How old is he now? <laughs> he has no heart. Obviously, yeah. that, that is a big issue. The letter also argues that McFarland is an ideal candidate for compassionate release <laughs> as a first-time nonviolent offender with no pending charges. Yeah, it kind of got violent for a minute down there on the uh, island. No no pending charges, history of violence, or oh, that's a pretty good movie, or gang affiliations. That was a good movie. McFarland also wrote a two-page letter himself directed towards Judge Buckwald, the same justice who called him a serial fraudster. Mm-hmm. He uh, is, because he's done this before. Band name, serial fraudster. He's done this before, so he is. As she sentenced him uh, in the fall of 2018, McFarland admitted to defrauding investors out of $26 million for the Notorious Fire Festival and more than 100000 in ticket-selling scheme following his arrest. Do you, did you, do you understand that? $26,100,000 is what he pocketed. Yeah. That's a lot it, of money. It took longer than it should have, but your message has come through. <laughs> this is to the judge. It'll be a long road. <laughs> But I can finally report everything feels right. Yeah, I'm sure it does. In a letter, I'm living with a level of peace and acceptance that I lost in the events leading up to my arrest. I'm working harder than ever. I on, make license on, plates every single day. On the next festival. On the next festival. I'm working harder than ever on the next festival. In furtherance of a mission I truly know is right. I know that by living every day with the dedication of helping those I let down and by doing it with the rules and regulations, I will slowly but surely continue down the path I badly need uh, needed to regain. Yeah. So pretty much he's saying, look, I learned my lesson. You know, I'm a new man. No more fire festivals for me. It's going to be yeah. ice festival next year. We're going to have it. Soon, we're going to have one it. In. Week after, one week after he gets out, fire <laughs> too. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have Zoom meetings while you're quarantined with your uh, work, co-workers? Right no, not uh, this yes. one. Okay. Yeah, we do. Well, we use... WebEx a lot, but then we also sometimes, if, if depending on who it is, might have Zoom. WebEx is good too. Um, Zoom. I, like, I actually like I actually like Zoom quite a bit. I, that's kind of my, the one I lean towards my favorite. So well, they are racking it up with this. Uh, they they made it big with this quarantine. Yeah, and and people are going to keep using it. That's the amazing thing. Well, we got a story here about uh, a Bay Area farm that's that's hoping to liven up your uh, your Zoom meetings. Headline is Bay Area farm offering goat and llama cameos for your next Zoom meeting. Are Zoom happy hours starting to get uh, monotonous? Yeah. Zoom happy hours. You, you haven't attended one of those yet, have you? Uh, no. I've heard of them. I mean, I've, I've, I've heard, heard of Zoom. And, and, and you've done the Zoom game night thing. Yes, we, we do that. We're supposed to be doing that again tonight at some point. Um, is being a mouth into shelter, is being a month <laughs> into shelter in place what? making you yearn for a fresh face? Well, now you can pay Half Moon Bay Animal Sanctuary Sweet Farm to have a goat, llama, or other farm animal make an appearance in your Zoom meeting. So I guess you just dial up the farm and they put a camera on a llama. 
Okay. You send them a link to your meeting. The service called Goat to Meeting. <laughs> see what they see that? Goat to Meeting. Goat, Go to meeting. Goat to meeting has grown popular among. I'm, I might do this. This will get it. This be a big, big hit. Has grown popular among happy hours and corporate meetings since it launched last month. More than 300 requests, some from Fortune 500 companies and tech startups, have already <laughs> poured in a 20-minute uh, virtual private tour of the farm for six people. It costs sixty-five dollars. A 10-minute corporate meeting cameo for unlimited guests costs a hundred dollars. Or uh, <laughs> you can get, get the store. I'm not going to say what they said. You can get goats for 25 minutes for $250 for a corporate meeting with unlimited guests. Sweet Farm co-founder Anna Sweet told Business Insider that Goat Two Meeting is helping the farm recover some of the re- <laughs> revenue it has lost to, due to coronavirus shelter in place. Part of their funding usually comes from in-person visits, uh, which leave. Uh, which have now, of course, become impossible. However, Sweet Farms is also paying it forward by offering free virtual field trips to schools and nonprofits across the country. How about that? Have you? Do you like going to petting zoos? Uh, I well, when I was a kid. I don't know about now. Well, I guess. Well, it sounds to me like really it'd be a lot of fun. I really thought about it. Hey, how does it do such a perfect background? <laughs> I'm gonna do one. Are you going? How does it do that? You go in and record. Okay. Okay. Mine is the, we can actually post this. This is my, the actual Corona themed background on my zoom. Um, okay. Oh, so I see that it is. KFC. Oh, wait, I, I, I'm sorry. I need a KFC theme, please, sir. Oh, wait a second. I, I was, uh, you? I, hang on. You're too busy goofing around. I'm too busy goofing around. I, I forgot. I'm sorry. KFC to give popcorn chicken to girl during lockdown. A little girl at the at risk of starvation. Oh, nice background, by the way. Hey, thanks. Are you part of the Falcon uh, Heavy program? Yes, I am. I'm the heavy part. Oh, <laughs> a little girl at risk of starvation without KFC popcorn chicken will be supplied with the fast food during the lockdown after an appeal from the Daily Echo. 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 I want them to bring me free popcorn chicken. Me too. I'm Your locked background- down. I think your background's not working as effective because you've got so much light coming through the back of your window. I there. can't see. I can't see what's going on because I've got yeah. the show notes in, in place there. Anyway, so um, Akira Guadahu six suffers from a rare eating disorder, meaning she refuses to eat anything else. Oh, wow. I've got well, a little bit a, of that. I have, the same, I have the same problem with pizza, ice cream, yes. spaghetti, hamburgers, chocolate. Oh, chicken well, any nuggets. Kind of, any kind of candy. KFC um, popcorn chicken. Pretty much anything under the food category. Corn chips. Anyway, w- corn chips, salsa, yeah. queso. Mm. With all branches Nachos. of KFC. Yeah, we could keep going for a long time. We're not going to. Cake. Anyway, with all branches. Pie. <laughs> ice cream. I mentioned ice cream already. Carrots. Carrots? What? No, no, that doesn't belong. Oh, you, know, you, you, you meant chocolate dipped ones. One that, of these things that, is not like the other. Bluebell ice cream. Oh, uh, now dairy, you're talking. Dairy, dairy Queen. DQ. Um, Dollar General uh, little veiny sausages. Beans. Oh, did you see that? I sent a picture today. If yeah. I had the picture handy, sent you a picture today of a bin just full of them. It was like heaven. If you were trapped in that place overnight, yeah, you would be like, it'd be like you'd just be in there. They'd find you in a pile of empty cans. 55 cents a can. Is that a good deal? Yep, there's the picture. There's no, it's, no, your background's messing with it. Oh, shoot. 
Yeah, there they are. Anyway, there's a lot of them there. That's Who's a lot. See them anyway. Sure, <laughs> is someone gonna sit around watching this video? I don't think so. It's, it was good seeing that many. <laughs> I know it's pretty cool. One, it's a good wallpaper for I'm, your phone. I'm glad they're yeah. allowing so many cans to to get together now. That the well, I I took that picture in such a way that you could use it as a background. Well, I appreciate I that. Nice, I just might do it. Nice Although I've, I've got my family as my background, and they probably wouldn't appreciate it. I popped up some fine sausages. Fine. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, following an appeal for help, KFC has delivered, uh, has agreed to deliver a month's supply of popcorn chicken, but just eat it quick before it goes bad. Yeah. Uh, to the family's, uh, the family's pool home. They live in a pool. Oh, that's gotta be wet. Um, to see them through the crisis. Where is pool, Aaron? Pool? It's in the backyard. Where's yours? It's, it's, it, it looks like it's, uh, in the UK. Oh, uh, a KFC spokesperson said, we've been in touch with Akira's family and know what a challenging situation this is for them. We want to help out, so we're delivering some free popcorn chicken to see them through the next month. We hope that makes the time a little easier for Akira and her whole family. What about you just make Akira something that looks like their chicken and just tell her that's what it is? Yeah, <laughs> do that. <laughs> Raj, you know Raj from that 70s show? Raj, yeah. He said... Uh, this is very good. I'm not gonna try to do a Raj voice. I'm not awake yet. Do it. Do Raj. <laughs> I can't. I, I really can't do a Raj. Oh my uh, he said, uh, this is very good news. And I would like to say thank you to everyone involved. We were getting really, really anxious, but now she won't starve. How about she gets hungry enough? She will finally eat. Is that insensitive? No, nah. no. Nah. I think, I think eventually <laughs> you're nodding. Yes. No. Hey, not, are you, did somebody shrink you down in your backyard? <laughs> Honey, now? I shrunk myself. Um, we're getting really, really anxious, but now she won't starve. As reported uh, in the Daily Echo, 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 Akira suffered a severe throat infection when she was eight years old and now, oh, and refused to eat. Doctors advised her parents to put different foods in front of her until she selected something. She chose a piece of popcorn chicken when she was nine months old. And is, there are worse things. I mean, I bet those are there, there are worse things, but and, come on. Uh, <laughs> I know, and has refused to eat anything else since a condition confirmed by specialist consultants at KFC. I mean, sorry, St. Thomas Hospital in London. You know why she eats it, and that's all she'll eat, because they put an addictive chemical in it that makes you crave it fortnightly. That goes, cry yourself to sleep on your huge pillow. <laughs> yeah, Kia, a Kia, once you cry yourself, you get a pillow, just cry yourself to sleep. Look at the size of her head. Eat, move. Um... So their appeal for help was backed by a letter from the hospital, which said Akira has a diagnosis of autism, learning difficulties, and avoidance, uh, avoidant restrictive food intake. Um, she has a narrow repertoire of foods that she's able to eat. I would scratch that and say willing to eat. Uh, and yeah. extremely high levels of anxiety about new and unfamiliar foods. One of the main sources of nutrition, uh, <laughs> this is a stretch, is... KFC popcorn chicken. She will not accept similar sorts of chicken sold in supermarkets. What, is it a part of a healthy breakfast or something? Yeah. There's no nutrition <laughs> Does she in there. Pour milk over it. Uh, at uh, the beginning of the lockdown, Raj and Ham invested in the same kitchen equipment. Oh, good gravy! I'm telling Ooh, you, yeah, they do, they do have pretty good gravy. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Uh, used by KFC, and bought ten packs of popcorn chicken from their local branch. They have been replicating the KFC meal at home, but were due to run out. I mean. We're joking a lot, and I, and I hate it. As parents, it's probably really difficult because they've got a kid that's, you know, freaking out about the food thing. But I'm just thinking that, you know, eventually you're going to get hungry enough. You're going to eat something, right? Well, yeah, that's what I I'm mean, thinking, too. That's the way it worked in my house growing up. But 
Yeah, but but we may just be insensitive jerks, and we'll hear about this. This is probably you know what? No, we're not. This conver- this, this, no, this conversations we're so popular now it's gonna be all over CNN and Fox tomorrow. Let's okay. talk Alan's Yeah, sure. You know, my mom <laughs> yeah. used to make things that I did not like. And, but and Alan, it, but Alan loved. Oh yeah, she'd make anything for him. And as a matter of fact, I, I think every meal was requested by him. But she used to make these stuffed peppers. Ooh. I, I wouldn't eat them. Now I'd love one. You put one in front of me now, well, I'm, I'm going to chow down. I could I could throw an old piece of toast at you now, and you would want it. True. So especially you know, if same, it was the same way. Yeah. Um. But she made beef stroke stroganoff too. Oh, love that. I don't like it today. Probably because of that. I'm kind of Maybe traumatized. It's the way she There's different ways you can make it. But they didn't make me eat. But no. I, I couldn't eat anything except what was offered. You know what I mean? You can't, We came from the generation that you eat what's offered or you don't eat at all. Yeah. And if you're in a family, you eat quicker, you're not going to get anything. Yeah. And times have changed so much now. I used to send Sarah to bed Wait, did with... Time, did, time, did time just change again? I thought we, we just rolled the clocks up a while back. We, we used to send Sarah to bed with nothing but dessert. Sounds like she had a pretty good plan. Although she is really, really slim. So she's a skinny little thing. She is. She's like you in high school. Yes. She turns sideways. She disappears. Yeah. That's the way I was in high school. Not you anymore. Don't even worry about it. Don't worry about it right now. <laughs> I have way graduated. What a super, what a superpower you had. You could turn sideways and nobody would find you. Just disappear. Where'd he go? <laughs> Where'd he go? All we see is a nose. <laughs> What's your story? Oh, hey, we're, running out, we're running out. We're running out of time. Are, are you okay? You stuttering, or did you skip? I think it was a skip. Okay, yeah. He- skip. Yeah, he- skip. Yeah. Headline skip. is: Yeah, woman fined for taking turtle for a walk in Rome. What's wrong with that? Is it illegal to walk a turtle in Rome? Because when turtle in Rome, extra... they yeah. say when in Rome walk your turtle. That's what they say. An Italian woman who took her pizza-sized turtle. What what a way to describe it. <laughs> they did that just because she's Italian. How big's your turtle? It's a pizza size. Uh, <laughs> it's a big size. It's, it's a, a big turtle. It's the size of the big of the pizza. Took our pizza sized turtle out for a walk. Has been fined four hundred and forty U.S. dollars by the Roman police for breaking strict coronavirus confinement rules. Well, the turtle's gonna walk, Craig, and I walk Shall my walk. dog. I mean, me and Lily go out and walk up and down the street. Italians need a justifiable reason to be out on the street in the middle of a pandemic that has officially claimed more than 20,000 lives in the Mediterranean country since February. Taking your dog out for a walk is viewed as good enough reason to leave your home, yeah, but it seems taking your turtle out for one is not. Um, the Roman police said the 60-year-old woman was caught outside her home. Are these, wait, wait, are these police that are just roaming around? Yeah, they're Roman police. They got nowhere okay. to be. Uh, the Roman police said the 60-year-old woman was caught outside her home without a justifiable reason and fined. The woman is a walking of the turtle, the police statement said. One police spokesman, Nunzio Carbone, told the news that the woman was fined 400 euros, which equals 440 U.S. dollars, because it was not a justifiable excuse. Excuse. That's how they say that. I know that for a fact. Is that, is that, excuse. How, they, is that how they say it? Yeah. Italian authorities reported issuing a record 16,545 fines on Easter Monday. A na- oh, that's just wrong. A national holiday in a large, largely Catholic country. Another 13,756 fines were issued uh, Sunday. Italians have been joking on social media about renting out their dogs to anyone who was going stir-crazy and needed a good excuse to get out. Carbone said the turtle was as big as a pizza, but not wearing a leash. Can you leash a turtle? 
or do you have to buy them? <laughs> I'm not really sure. <laughs> I like that background. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's like it's like your dream. It's yeah. a big pile of being in a sausages. Yes, it is. Speaking of Okay. Now this story is is gross. It's disgusting. But Craig okay. said we, we, Well, we told the story about uh the Canadian, the uh, Well, that's different. Oh, I always forget the, No, I always forget the name of the Fred, the, no, the it's coffee, no, 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 Tim, uh, Tim something, Tim, uh, Tim Hortons, Tim Hortons, yeah. I always, uh, we told the Tim Hortons story, and that involved a lady backing up and pooping all over everything. So I think we could tell the story. <laughs> she didn't shoot it across the restaurant, though. Why are you ruining the story before I get a chance to tell it? Oh, I don't know. Projectile pooper pleads guilty for not staying home. Fecal surprise. One person has been convicted in Haywood for failing to follow the county stay-at-home directive. Speaking of that, Mr. Haywood was asking about you the other day. Mr. Haywood? Yeah. Who's Mr. Haywood? Hey, would you buzz off? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, just keep looking at my background. It'll cheer you up. Dominica Deering, 41, of Beachwood, Ohio, pleaded guilty to two counts of violating the order, which states that anyone coming in from out of town must quarantine for 14 days. She also pleaded guilty to two counts of larceny. Hmm. Okay, that came out of nowhere. Uh, all charges were misdemeanors. Larceny is a misdemeanor? Oh, I guess it's got to be grand larceny. And she ultimately received a suspended 45-day sentence. That's a long sentence. Like, I mean, <laughs> would that be a run-on sentence? It would have to be. <laughs> as well as 12 months of unsupervised probation. Deering was arrested April 4th after shoplifting from Walmart for a second day in a row. According to the Greensville Police Department's reports on April 3rd, Deering took several items out of the store without paying. Yeah, she had a large screen TV behind her face mask. And if there's a way, there's just it, it was not a very good plan on her part. No. While, you know, had her face on the screen. <laughs> yeah. But she looked like a bobblehead. While she wasn't caught that day, officers were given a photo of her. And when she came back to the store the next day and started shoplifting again, they were ready to make an arrest. According to the incident report, Deering had been apprehended by loss prevention workers within the store. In the arrest report, the loss prevention employee noted that once in the loss prevention office, the female proceeded to on the floor (laughs) because she could not hold it. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Well, consider... Depending on the consistency, she might have not been able to hold it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Initially, Deering identified, identified herself to officers as Tamika Brown of Pennsylvania. The female said her reason Wait for being... Wait a minute. Is, is that for real? Her name's Tamika Brown. The female said her reason for being in town <laughs> was because her husband was a truck driver and had stopped at the pilot truck stop in Crabtree. The incident report reads, the report later mentions that Deering had called an Uber driver to pick her up from the truck stop, take her to Walmart. Officers confirmed that by speaking with the Uber driver who said she'd driven, uh, she'd driven her to the Walmart the prior day as well. It was like a getaway car and they didn't even know it. Yeah. And that's the problem with the Ubers. I was was watching live PD the other day and they pulled over an Uber uh, for making an illegal turn. And the guy, he, his passenger had drugs on him. They smelled it. Well, we we both know a guy um, who 
was pretty convinced that he delivered somebody to a drug deal. Yeah. He sat and waited in the car. Yeah. There could be a pretty good uh, uh, reality show about Uber. There could be a pretty good. There really could be, yeah. Hidden cameras. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's let's produce that. Oh, I think you got an idea. It could be like Cash Cab without a game. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was determined that Deering had taken $238 worth of items. The police notes that, the report notes that when Miss Brown learned she was being placed under arrest, she stood up and started screaming in an unidentified language. <laughs> I want to say something. I just don't know what to say. (laughs) Go ahead and say it. She then proceeded to pull the dress she was wearing up, expose her body underneath, and again started projectile defecating all over the office. That's the first time I've ever heard that term, by the way. Projectile defecating. I've heard of it. That sounds like a good band name, too. Nah, Um, I wouldn't see them. The officer backed up into the corner. (laughs) Sure he did. In the office (laughs) to to avoid To avoid the flying feces, I think we need a we need a fecal surprise right about here. Um, she, uh, thank you. You're welcome. The female continued to hold her dress up and kept yelling and screaming at everyone around. After she put her dress down, she kept saying that she had the coronavirus. Oh my gosh! After putting Deering in cuffs, she became combative and tried to pull away from officers before again defecating at the entrance of Walmart. Good she night, man. Endless, where, where's she getting it from? Where was she? She at Tim Hortons. You know, she was well, she'd stop there on the way down. The uh, let's see, when picking up her belongings, officers located a passport that identified her as Dominica Deering. Um, District Attorney Ashley. So Welch to make said, a brown was just a lie. Yeah, uh, because Deering didn't have much of a criminal record, they determined she wasn't eligible. She wasn't eligible for jail time. Now you can be eligible for jail time. Although she did spend four days in the Haywood <laughs> County Detention Center. Oh, Mr. Haywood was asking about you the other day. Oh, oh yeah, really? Who's that? Mr. Haywood, you get out of here? <laughs> Welp said the plea, which was accepted by the court, serves as proof that her office is willing to convict individuals charged with violating the state or county orders. It's our take. This is an enforceable order, she said. We're taking this very seriously. And clearly, when you commit a crime... You're violating order because you're not engaging in a sexual business. But they're not even addressing anything that she did. I know. And who cleaned it up? Somebody had to get in there clean that up. Some poor schmuck. Some poor schmuck. Probably the least the paid real, the person. The real hero of the story. The, the real least, hero of the story. The least paid up. person on the Walmart chain probably had to get in there and mop that stuff up. That's so gross. I, I kind of wish we hadn't covered that. Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing it up. Headline is, oh, this is a good one. Man who bought $10,000 worth of toilet paper and hand sanitizer is denied a refund. I actually saw the video of the store guy that does video, and he told him he gave him the finger. He, like, told the guy to go away. Well, this happened. You know where it happened, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I saw the video. It's down under. Somebody said, I'm going to make a fortune. Watch this. Here's ten grand. Give me all the toilet paper and hand sanitizer. How come you don't dance? You know that's a catchy tune. Because I can only I can only hear part of it. It only comes what? over a little bit. Really? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I can, hear bits and pieces. Can I, I see your eye rig on... again? What? Can I see your eye rig again? Hey, oh, no, the... look at that. I don't want to see that big expensive box. Oh, good. It disappeared. I'll have to look at it. Darn it. <laughs> Headline is, man who bought $10,000 worth of toilet paper, hand sanitizer, did not refund. 
You're welcome to buy me one of those that you've got if you like. I do like. I like it a lot. You, you could buy me one. I like, like it so it much I'm not removing the plastic off of the, the screen. A man in Australia who purchased around $10,000 worth of toilet paper and hand sanitizer was recently denied a refund by a supermarket owner. John Paul Drake III, director of Drake's Supermarkets in Australia, recently posted a video to YouTube and appeared on a radio show to talk about the situation and why he denied the customer's refund request. I had like my first... It's a, what? It's a good video. It's a good video. It's pretty funny. I watched the video. I, I should have... We should have had the audio. I had my first uh, customer yesterday who said he wanted a refund. 150 packets of 32-pack toilet paper and 150 units of one, one liter hand sanitizer. I told him... Drake said as he showed the middle finger to the camera. The camera. Yeah, that's yeah. what he told him. I told him that. Yeah, he told me. He's, he said, that's yeah, not a bud. Said- <laughs> While appearing on ABC Radio Adelaide, Adelaide in Australia, Drake explained that the man reached out requesting a refund after he was unable to sell the products on his eBay account. In the conversation, my uh, the customer said, my eBay site has been shut down, so we couldn't uh, pro- profiteer off that. Drake told the radio station that the he sum- said it right there. He said it. He yes, said it out loud. He did. Yep. Drake told the radio station saying that the sum of the product equated to around ten thousand dollars. The situation comes amid a time when many people across the globe have participated in panic buying. I did that with Rice Krispies and marshmallows and butter. That's just good thinking. Yeah, that's all that is. Yeah, and I, I'm almost, I'm almost out. I've had tons of Rice Krispie treats. We we can tell. Uh, the situation, yeah, um, with many believing that they needed to stock up on products like toilet paper and hand sanitizer, mainly as a result of the novel coronavirus. Have you read that one? No, not the novel. I no. saw the movie. Yeah, okay. No, I saw the mini. I saw the mini series actually, which has kept people isolated and quarantined. Following the influx of panic buying and stockpiling on different items, a number of supermarkets, including Drake's, have faced a ban on the number of items per customer. But according to Drake. This specific customer was able to find a way around the limits. By the way, when you sent me that picture of the delicious Viennese sausages, did you notice if they had toilet paper on the shelves? I don't think they did. I went down that. I didn't really go down that aisle, but I, I did look and I, mean, I saw there were a lot of empty shelves back there in the area. The last two times I've been to uh, Wally World, they have had toilet paper. Yeah, they've been pretty good about getting it now, you know, off and on. But yeah. Uh, uh, this person had a team of people that bought the products because they're only allowed to buy one each time, Drake told 3AW Radio in Australia. So you do your sums of 150 separate posts by these. Absolutely disgraceful. The rest of my team is over this sort of behavior, and we're having to police people taking more than they need. That's a tough thing to deal with. Drake added, while appearing, how do you appear on ABC Radio? That's one of those things oh. you can't do. It's not visual. I don't know how you would do that. That's like people calling radio programs shows. You can't see anything. There's no show. It's not a show. It's you a program. Can't show anything. Hey, yeah. pregnant woman carjacks news van with reporter still inside. This comes from our friend Carrie Walker. Hey, Carrie. She's a really, she's a really nice lady. Comes out of the Nashville area. Carrie's awesome. A pregnant Georgia woman, not Carrie, found herself in police custody Tuesday after authorities she hopped behind wheel of a CBS news van and spit off before crashing it nearby. A frightened reporter was still inside. It crashed like their ratings. <laughs> yeah. And it, the incident just uh, had occurred just after 5.30 a.m. Uh, on Tuesday as Atlanta police responded to a single car crash near 17th Street in Midtown. 
Um, Atlanta. Officers arrived at the scene to find the wrecked 2011 Toyota Highlander that had crashed in the security gate of a local apartment complex. Now, hang no on suspect. a second. What, what's, what's the big CBS station news station down there doing with the 2011 Highlander? I don't know. It's very small, too, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, for a, for a news, you think it'd yes. be a lot, yeah. You know, get yourself one anyway, of these vans. Anyway, meanwhile, plot thickens. A news crew with local station CBS 46 was setting up to report in the area near Atlantic Station. That's when the investigators say the mother-to-be approached the uh, running van. Running van. <laughs> Running, the, the running, the running man. No, no, it's got, it's got, uh, it's got a. Uh, what are those things you run on? Uh, treadmills. It's got treadmills yeah. in the back. Oh, yeah, it's called the running van. Hey, you know what? What wasn't funny? What you just said? Um, they. Uh, if I could have thought of the word, it would have been funny. <laughs> anyway, she hopped in, hit the gas. Uh, digital reporter Ayani Hughes. This isn't a real person. It's a digital reporter. Oh yeah. Uh, was in the cargo area of the van editing when it was carjacked. Um, he said that so he shouted for help. The reporter buckled up. The reporter inside the vehicle tried to make the woman stop and pull over. Um, I'm paraphrasing here. The suspect later identified as 38-year-old Sequina, uh, Sinequa, rather. That's good. Lunsford, Lunsford continued driving and wound up crashing the van into a traffic circle near Prado Northeast and Peachtree traffic circles. It's a roundabout Prado. I don't know. Hughes, uh, who police says also pregnant was unharmed and was taken to a hospital. The suspect who police said was behaving strangely at the scene was quickly arrested. Um, she suffered from an injured arm. The authorities said it's unclear if Lunsford's injury was from the first or second crash. What? Yeah, it could have been the first anyway, crash, or it could have been the second crash. It could have been the third one if they would have waited long enough. Probably. Speaking to reporters, Avery says he's thankful Thankful no one else was harmed, noting that the incident could have ended tragically for both the reporter and the suspect. You were just doing your day-to-day job. Things go sideways like that, he said. Sideways. That's it. So they that must have uh, slid sideways into something for the second wreck, I'm guessing. Yeah, sometimes your day will just suddenly, you'll you'll go sideways. Hey, you'll be walking to the bathroom next minute. You know, you're walking sideways, the, the closet door. Yeah. yeah, that happens. It's sad, too. It's like a gravity storm. It's an equ- it's equilibrium thing. Yeah, it's an unequilibrium is what it is. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, this story submitted by Jules Camerzoe Clifton. You know her? You, you never know, heard of You know Jules. Yeah, actually, I do. Tony's uh, niece. Uh, televangelist headline is televangelist Jim Baker ordered to stop selling fake coronavirus cure. Well, what's he doing back on TV? I don't know, but he's got a beard now. Oh, wow. So maybe that he probably thought they wouldn't recognize him. As if that wasn't weird enough. The office, maybe that's it. He's in disguise. <laughs> the office of the New York. I, I gave you a little, I can give you a little clappy guy up there at the top, <laughs> see? Oh, good. Thank you. The office of the New York Attorney General has ordered televangelist Jim Baker to stop selling a fake cure for coronavirus. According to NBC News, the case, uh, the cease and desist notice came after uh, naturopathic Dr. Cheryl Selman appeared on the Jim Baker show promoting some quackery called Silver Solution. Now, we've got some Silver Solution here that we it's, take. It's, it's, collo- it's colloidal silver. Yeah, we've got some of that. Baker's story's said, been around for a few weeks, actually. He, it, was, it, was co- it was colloidal silver. Well, take it up with Jules Camerzo Clifton, all right? I just I just found this one on, on and um, in all in her defense, she may have sent this to us two or three weeks ago. Yeah, we yeah uh, we haven't yeah. we haven't been, we were we died for a while. We yeah, we did. Around. We were out of there. 
Anyway, Baker sells silver solution on his website for 125 bucks. Good grief, you can get gold solution for that. And he brought Selman on the broadcast to explain why people should give them both money. Selman provided a number of not exactly medical reasons, but a New York AG was especially interested in one particular exchange. When Selman was asked if her product uh, could protect people from the COVID-19 strain, she responded, uh, let's say it's been tested on the strain of the coronavirus, but it's been tested on another strain of the coronavirus and has been able to eliminate it within 12 hours. She yeah, need, you don't say that on TV. She needs a that. lozenge. Yeah, no, that's not something you just toss out there. And by the way, allowed to toss out there. it was a lie. The whole sentence yeah, was, was a lie. According to the Mayo Clinic, colloidal silver isn't considered... Colloidal, right, silly head. exactly. Isn't considered safe or effective for any of the health claims manufacturers make. Silver has no purpose in the body, nor is it an essential mineral, as some sellers of silver I, claim. Wait, hold, hold up. That's hold not the true. phone. I actually, I've actually had a doctor tell me that that's absolutely not true, that actually there, there are benefits. Yeah, and actually, too. one of the things, and I'm not, a, I'm not an alternative medicine person at all. I'm very skeptical of everything. But that stuff actually will block bacteria. Yeah. And they have nasal, nasal sprays and stuff. And if you, I've, I've told the doctor once, I said, look, I get this stuff and it actually helps. He said, yeah, he, he loved it. He yeah. said, this stuff's fantastic. Yeah. It's just you don't abuse it and don't expect it to do miracles. Right. But it, it will help block um, bacteria for So if you have, like, you start to get a cold, I'd spray the nasal spray of the stuff. And uh, there's a big bacteria you, behind you right you, now. Yeah. Don't turn I don't have any colloidal silver. Uh, if you abuse it, you become like the Papa Smurf guy who who used to be on. Um, you can look up the Papa Smurf guy on YouTube. He turned blue from abusing the stuff. Wow. He looked like Papa Smurf. He turned that blue? He, it was a dark purple hue. Yeah, he looked like. They called him Papa Smurf because of his white beard and then the color of his skin. Yeah. I've got he an died. uncle. i got an uncle named Hugh. Do what? I've got an uncle named Hugh. Every time okay. I see him, I say, hey, Hugh. Out there in the dark. Don't you have a story to finish? <clears throat> As for Jim Baker, this isn't the first time the prominent televangelist has run afoul of the law. In 1989, Baker was indicted on federal fraud and conspiracy charges after he embezzled $5 million from his church. He was initially sentenced to 45 years in prison, but the sentence was later reduced to eight years, of which he served only five. How about that? You get sentenced. You get sentenced to... <laughs> That is Papa Smurf Man. Yep. Oh, well, let's do this. No one else could see it except for us. Florida hospital worker accused of licking patients' toes. What the? Submitted by Alex Hogan. So good to have the submissions back again, huh? You all right? Yeah. You can't hear it. I'm, I'm doing the slurp sound effect. Oh, I could. I could hear part of it. I okay. could hear part of it. Yeah. Fort Myers, Florida. A Florida man who was arrested this week after reportedly licking a patient's toes while working at a hospital says, I didn't do it. What is wrong with people? Jail records show Franz Baldorian, Baldorian, 23 of Lehigh Acres. Lehigh Acres <laughs> is the place to be. Every, every time you finish the sentence, you ask a question about the, a word in that sentence. Lehigh Acres? Lehigh Acres? He was charged with battery. He charged a battery on a person, 65 years or older, <laughs> said the mishap with his phone led to a misunderstanding. He said he dropped his phone under the patient's bed and ended up touching the patient while trying to Oh, my to get goodness. It. It's a dark room with a dark male. Maybe he's a photographer. Bed. I don't know what she's like. 
but I'm not trying to do that with you. <laughs> the patient was accused. Uh, the patient has accused the man of licking three times Wait, on the Wait. ceiling. If he wants, we got audio. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There we go. She, he was accused of licking three times <laughs> on, on the, the ceiling, ceiling. If he wants, if he wants. socks twice on the pipes. <laughs> anyway, um, it felt wet in between my toes, according to the patient. Lee County deputy responded uh, to Gulf Coast Hospital Medical Center after the patient complained to a nurse about the incident. Beldoran said the incident has cost him his job and he well, hopes yeah. to clear his reputation before his life is ruined. <laughs> if you, if you lick a, a patient's toes, you're going to lose your job. He said, I know there's other opportunities, but there won't be if I get hit with this felony. <laughs> A hospital spokesperson uh, told the news press it's cooperating with law enforcement. He was released from jail on Wednesday on a $1,500 bond. It's time for the Mark Patch Top 10. So while Lori and I were in... Uh, this is a long Top 10. Can we make this quick? No, no. Really no, this, it's, it's important. Uh, Lori and we're I... Running, what's our time check? Oh, we're we good. We're, we're good. Lori and I were driving home from moving James over the weekend and listening to uh, some podcasts and things. And it came across the top 10 people banned from Saturday Night Live. It was yeah. actually pretty darn interesting. Yeah, some of them are dumb. And this doesn't come from thetop10s.com, by the way. And it comes from watchmojo.com. That's right. So it's Number probably 10. pretty good. Number 10 of the top 10 people banned from Saturday Night Live, Rage Against the Machine. Um. Considering their revolutionary, this is not my words, this is someone else's words. Right. Considering their revolutionary political and anti-capitalist views, it would have been more surprising had Rage not made a statement during this public performance. Right. Before performing their song Bulls on Parade on SNL in 1996, the group reportedly hung upside down American flags on their amps, which is widely considered a sign of distress. Uh, the act was a protest against the Republican presidential candidate Steve Forbes, who was the host that night. <laughs> They they were straight front in the host of the show they were performing on. Though the production crew removed the symbol before the band performed, Rage was escorted out of the building after their first song. How about that? They're like, that's it. You know, because most of the bands on Saturday Night Live get two two sets. Yeah. True. Number nine of, number nine of the top ten people banned from Saturday Night Live, Charles Grodin. Did you know that? No. I didn't either. Charles Grodin is an American actor and comedian known for such movies as Catch-22, The Incredibly Shrinking Woman, and, of course, the Oscar award-winning Beethoven. He is also known <laughs> for... the lonely guy. The lonely guy. Oh, that's right. He was the lonely guy. He is yeah. also known for his appearances on The Tonight Show and The Late Show. Well, in 1977, he was invited to host Saturday Night Live. However, he allegedly missed rehearsals and was generally ill-prepared for his role. He also stepped over people's lines and made the show difficult, as he reportedly forgot the show was live. It might not seem like much to us, but that was enough to get him banned from the iconic comedy show. Number eight of the top ten people banned from Saturday Night Live. Fear. Infamous, uh, infamous American punk band Fear was invited to play SNL for the 1981 Halloween episode. John Belushi allegedly got them the gig, and he was a, as he was a fan of the band, they played their usual assortment of offensive material and shouted obscenities at the crowd and listeners, which is all that a day's work for fear. The performance got so out of hand that they started what some called a small riot. Needless to say, the set was cut short and the broadcast went to commercials. Some may have thought that was too bad as they just started playing Let's Have War. <laughs> yeah. Now, I've seen 
Now the next one I've actually seen. Yeah. Um, and I remember it and I, I was under the impression, I was under the impression he changed it, change, well, read it. I was okay. also under the impression that this happened because he felt like it was inappropriate to play this one song. Okay. Uh, top 10 people banned from Saturday night live. Number seven, Elvis Costello. English singer-songwriter Elvis Costello was invited to perform his song Less Than Zero on Saturday Night Live in 1977. A few seconds into the song, however, he stopped his band and told the audience, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but there's no reason to do this song here. And he and his band then immediately started playing Radio Radio, a song he had explicitly been told not to play. Add to that the fact that Lorne Michaels is famous for really disliking unrehearsed sets, and the resulting band was a foregone conclusion. Thankfully, it was eventually lifted, and Costello was invited back in 1989, going so far as to parody the incident in 1999. Yeah, I never thought that, by the looks of it, it was a malicious thing. He just didn't, I mean, he should have the right to change his mind. Yeah. He didn't, he wasn't playing something that was going to get them kicked off the air. Uh, number six, Adrian Brody, this American astro, uh, astro, what did I say? Astronaut. Astro. <laughs> Uh, this American actor, best known for his large nose yes. and the pianist, yeah. uh, was invited to host SNL in 2003. The musical guests uh, that night were artists Paul, uh, Sean Paul and Wayne Wonder. In an unscripted move, Brody decided to come out on stage and introduce Sean Paul while wearing a dreadlock wig and spouting Jamaican stereotypes. Jamaican me nuts. Remember when we said Lorne Michael doesn't like things to be unscripted? Well, he really didn't like this. Adrian Brody was banned from the show and hasn't returned since. Uh, adding insult to injury, he was even parodied nearly a decade later on the show. Who cares? I mean, does he, <laughs> is, are you really losing? No, I mean, has he really lost anything about being able to be on the show? No. I mean, real, I mean no, what, no. what else was he? He was in the Godfather series, I think, a couple of the, the movies God, or something. The Godfather? Yeah. Adrian Brody? Yeah. He's I think not that old. Huh? He's not that old. No, he was a young man. He was in uh, the the uh, he was in one of the one of the million predator. Remakes, oh, was he really? Sequels. He was in one of those, and he's been in a bunch of stuff. Well, number five of the top ten people banned from Saturday Night Live: Frank Zappa. Frank probably thrived on this status. Oh, probably did. Frank Zappa was a legendary eccentric musician whose work spanned many genres. From rock to orchestral and jazz, in 1978 he was asked to both both perform on the host or perform on and host Saturday Night Live. Unfortunately, however, he and the crew got off to a rough start due to his strict anti-drug position. Things only got worse when the episode actually filmed, with Zappa making it rather clear to the audience that he was not invested in the show. He actually drew the crowd's attention to the fact that he was reading from cue cards and allegedly mugged. To the cameras. <laughs> that sounds like him. Number four of the top 10 people banned from Saturday Night Live, Martin Lawrence, known for his award-winning hit show, Martin. Martin Lawrence was invited to host SNL in February of 94. During his opening monologue, he went on to discuss adult-themed anecdotes in explicit and frank detail. Needless to say, this wasn't appreciated. The edited version of the episode uh, now simply shows a blank screen with words giving viewers the gist of what uh, Lawrence said it also states that many SNL employees nearly lost their jobs because of it perhaps contributing to his ban Lawrence also allegedly improvised some dialogue in one of the sketches we all know Lauren loves that Norton is a, apparently a dictator is what I understand <laughs> he is pretty pretty strict but, um, but but at the same time I will say that and I will say it's his it's his show yeah you and know, it's he, been on the air longer than I've been alive yeah. So I can't, I can't, not you. No, that's not true at all. <laughs> but anyway, um, 
so I can't begrudge the guy for it's his it's his party, you know. Yeah, it is. Do his thing. Uh, number three of the top ten people banned from SNL, Steven Seagal. Steven was simply banned because nobody oh. likes him. <laughs> <laughs> because Just because. Yeah. <laughs> Regarded by many of the cast and crew as uh, the worst host in Saturday Night Life history, uh, Seagal hosted the show in 1991. The actor and martial artist is best known for his roles in action films, such as I wouldn't even uh, – his action films are even com- comedic simply because they're so bad. On on SNL, however, he apparently notoriously uh, was difficult to work with, and his sketch ideas did not sit well with the rest of the cast and the crew. Uh, Seagal reportedly even refused to leave his room because he found it insulting that as part of the dialogue in one sketch, two characters, Hans and Franz, suggested they could beat him up. (laughs) Number two. This one's sad. Andy Kaufman, often cited as the greatest, one of the greatest, I'll say the one of, not the greatest yeah. comedians ever. I've never heard him Andy cited Kaufman, as the greatest comedian ever. You've that, never heard him called that? No, and that title goes to Steve Martin. He made a career out of antagonizing and trolling people. He was truly ahead of his time, from his Mighty Mouse skit to wrestling women. People were never quite sure what to make of him. Uh, was it real? Was it just an act? In 1983, then executive producer of SNL, uh, Dick Ebersole, Ebersole mm-hmm. asked the audience to vote on whether to keep Andy on the show or dump him. The audience voted him off, and sure enough, he was never brought back. Well, it's because he died. Why, how could you bring him back? Yeah. yeah, he couldn't bring himself back now if he wanted to. Uh, number one, no surprise to anyone, Sinead O'Connor. The Irish singer and songwriter was invited to perform on the show in 1992. In what was perhaps the most notorious live television incident up until the 2004 Super Bowl wardrobe malfunction, Sinead O'Connor presented a picture of the Pope after her rendition of Bob Marley's War and then proceeded to rip it to pieces. It was an act meant to draw attention to the cover-up of child abuse in the Catholic Church. She didn't make that clear. She was just ripping up a picture of the Pope. Yeah. Had she... I don't think it would have made and, any and difference. Who, and who hasn't at some point in their life? <laughs> it didn't go well with the audience across the country. However, uh, and though producer Lauren Michaels later expressed admiration for Connor and her actions, at the time, the show did everything possible to distance themselves uh, from her statement. You remember that? Did, were you watching that one? I don't know if I was watching it, but I remember it very well. Yeah, I don't know if I saw it live um, or if it was just a, a, a clip. I've seen it a few times. That's a great story. I guess we'll do this. <laughs> hey, look, I'm back home. Hey, there you are. I'm leaving my Corona background. I like it. That's a good one. Yeah, it looks because it makes you look better because it's yeah. so bad back there. It, draw, it draws your attention to this. Yeah. Instead of this. Yeah. Yeah. That's the key. Good thing this is an audio show. What is it? What? Is it? Better, yeah, better be. If we want to, you know, we don't want to drop any lower. Hey, thanks, everybody. Episode 334 in the books. I want to say hi to Pop. Hey. And, uh, Pop. He'll love that. Did you hear that, Pops? Hello, Pops, by the way. Craig said hello. Pops, and Mom. Um, Al and Alan. No. Don't speak to Alan. No, it's don't look Alan in the eyes. <laughs> are you going to head over to the sausages? Yeah, that's where I'm going next, actually. You can see the sun's going down behind me. You'll come out tomorrow. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>